I'm your announcer Joey Clams, and you're listening to the Genghis and Ragman Show, where a couple of metalheads talk about hard rock and heavy metal while drinking and writing craft beers from around the country. And don't forget to stick around after tonight's festivities for a one-on-one interview with our featured guest. Hey, this is Kirk Winston from Crowbar, and I give you the right to rock. Two guys who are so metal, they pour motor oil on their cereal. It's Genghis and Ragman. Hey, this is Kurt Winston from Crowbar, and you're listening to the Genghis and Ragman Show. Horns up. Ragman Mono E Mono with I guess a legend in sludge doom metal. Uh, this, this guy's riffs are just fucking sick. Uh, talking to Kirk Winstein from Crowbar. Kirk, welcome to the Genghis Ragman Show. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Happy to be, be on the show. Well, thanks for having us, man. Uh, you guys have been on tour close to a month now. Uh, I guess it's winding down here in the next few weeks. Uh, let me know how the tour is going. 
That's great. I mean, all the bands are great. You know, great bands. They really are. Uh, and all of the guys and, and, and girls that are uh, on the tour, everybody, everybody, everybody's like, you know, we kind of have that attitude. We're all in this together. This tour's been postponed for two years now, so we're all happy to just have it rolling. But uh, everyone helps each other out all day, every day, you know, so um, it runs very smooth. And it, it's just great being around, you know, cool guys and, and, and great bands, so it's going really well. Did you get to play live at all, like during the pandemic, much? Or we did a few things with Crowbar. Um, we did a like a half capacity show at Southport Hall. I think, in, yeah, that might have been in 2020. Um, we did three live streams with Crowbar. I did a live stream with Down, um, and Crowbar did two nights in a row at half capacity and we had Sammy from Godor used to be in Crowbar, Sammy Dua come out and play like six songs with us each night and he would finish up the final six songs with the three guitar players so that was really heavy and it was a lot of fun but that's about it man I did uh, one, one show with down in New Orleans one in Las Vegas and until this tour that was it wow. I think we did one other at, at Southport um, <clears throat> and you know so really in two years maybe well, getting back on tour, you like dusting off the cobwebs a bit. Was it hard to go back on a physical tour like this? A, a really strong bill. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess because we, we went we went out with um, municipal waste for two weeks, but it was literally like two weeks. You yeah, know, very very short. Back in November, um, and that was kind of that was even a lot harder, really, because we hadn't. I don't know, I guess that, that kind of broke us in a little bit. Like, look, we really need to be prepared when we go on the Sepultura tour. Because this, this thing's five weeks, plus we had to travel from New Orleans to California, from California back to New Orleans with no shows. So we got a couple of days on the road to get out there, a couple of days on the road to get home. So it's really six weeks for us. It's like 45 days total or something. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, I think we fell into this one getting our sea legs pretty quickly you know uh, I mean we're on a roll um, and a couple of couple of uh, bumps at the beginning with weather and road closures and stuff like that and we had to miss two shows and um, the whole package missed one show in Salt Lake City we missed the one in Denver as well uh, due to like road closures truck accidents all this kind of shit because it, it was still cold and yeah, snowing and ice yeah, 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 yeah. and shit man so but once we got rolling, you know, we hit the ground running, and it was great. It's been great since. So we really only got, we have Houston tonight. We had Oklahoma City last night. We had Houston tonight, Dallas tomorrow, El Paso Sunday. We have a day off. We have Phoenix and San Diego, and then L.A. and Berkeley, and we're at home. Nice. How, how well attended have the shows been? I mean, overall, very well attended. Um, we had a few. Last night was a, a little, well, I don't know if you've been to Diamond Ballroom up in Oklahoma City. No. It's huge. It's like a little cowboy dance hall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Literally, like, Hank Williams Sr. and shit played there. I went to one in Tulsa like that. Yeah, they got the Canes Ballroom in Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> the same type thing, but this one's bigger, I believe. But um, I think Corn played like the arena last night, so okay. that you know okay. it, was, it wasn't a bad crowd by, by any means. But overall, they've been very well attended. So a couple of them have been sold out and and really close to it. So uh, overall, it's been great. Man, merchandise sales have been great. Crowds have been fantastic. That's awesome. So, well, I, uh, I do have a follow up to that. So with everybody going back on tour, is it harder to draw people in because there's so many bands? <laughs> 
playing the same city on different, I mean, in just different venues. That, that's probably the only uh, downfall to it is everybody's on tour. Like, everybody's coming up to me, yeah, I just saw COC with Ministry two nights ago, you know, in the same town. So it's like the dollar only goes so far. And that's a bigger tour than this one is. But uh, it's still been, you know, um, it's still been very well attended. And, and the crowds are, are, are hungry, you know, for live music. So it's just... I actually feel I feel happy for the fans in the sense that everybody's out, but like I said, the dollar you know you can't yeah. you can't afford that. Very few people can afford every fucking show, <laughs> so uh, you know you got to pick and choose and say, well, I just saw these guys, you know, haven't seen this band in ten years, blah blah blah, never seen this band, whatever. So, uh, uh, but yeah, in general, that, that's the only downfall. But it's still a good thing just to have you know all of our peers, you know, everyone and, and all the other bands who had to go through the same exact thing that we did to be able to be back out there doing what we love to do. Well, I want to congratulate you on the new record, Zero and Below. I, before we get into the record, I want to ask you, going on tour prior to the record coming out, is does that bother you at all? Is it a challenge more, like playing the new stuff? Or how do you approach not having the record out and then you're on tour? I mean, in all actuality, the tour, the first date of the tour was the day the record came out. But um, we had released Chemical Gods as the first single and yeah. video, and then we released Bleeding from Every Hole as the second video and single. So they were both getting a lot of uh, like Sirius XM liquid metal radio play. I mean, at one time we were even, I think, up to like number four in the Devil's Dozen or something. So people were hearing a little bit of the new yeah. stuff, and those are the two that we put into the set. We do want to pick up some different ones for headlining sets because we just we love the record. You know, we love. It's, it's so much fun to play fresh tunes, you know. Um, but uh, and but the new songs are going over well. I mean, people, I think, you know, each, they got a little bit more of a chance to go get the record, you know, now that it's been out. I mean, a lot of we did very well with, like, the pre-orders and stuff like that. And I think everybody's pretty much got their stuff in that they ordered by now. Uh, and we're selling, you know, we, we, we're selling. We got a bunch of different... Uh, Splatter and colored vinyls and you know oh, nice. edition stuff uh, at the merch booths, but um, but the new songs go over well. Uh, considering they're brand new, you know, and some of the other shit we're playing is you know thirty years old, <laughs> so been right. around, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, overall, I'm, I'm really happy with the way I think we all are with the way the new songs are going down. How, how long was the, has the record been done? Did you guys start it at the beginning of the pandemic? Has it been in the can for a bit or? Been in a can. That's it's a. I mean, honestly, that's probably the most. And I, this is no disrespect. If I were the journalist, I would ask the same thing. You know, like did y'all just do the record during the pandemic because you couldn't tour? But in all actuality, the record was when I when I mean done, it was recorded, mixed, mastered, and sent to the label in February of 2020. So we were ready to go yeah. out in March of 2020 with this same touring package. Yeah, and we had to sit on it. They're like, well, maybe next year, 2021, nope. They're like, it's just better to push it back to 2022. So we're hoping, depends on what's going on COVID-wise and, of course, with the, the Russian situation yeah. in Europe right now. But uh, this, we're supposed to go to Sepultura, Sacred Reich and Crowbar in November over to Europe oh, in nice. the UK. Um, so we're hoping, keeping our fingers crossed you know, and hoping for the best that we can do that. Uh, and Crowbar's got some other stuff coming up this summer and in the early, late, like middle, mid-summer and some late summer stuff. <clears throat> a few smaller festivals and we'll probably do like a tour around the one of July, you know, so, I mean, we're open for anything, you know, we're kind of, uh, 
up, you know, kind of throwing ourselves out there for supporting any bigger bands on any tours, anything we can do, you know, to stay busy. But, um, I mean, to be honest, it's been so long since we've written Crowbar music that it's like we're ready to start writing again. Yeah. We've written in way over two years, you know. Damn it. It was all written and recorded over two years ago. That's wild, man. That's yeah. wild. Uh, I do want to say the production is awesome. Your riffs are awesome. Uh, before we jump into a couple songs, I want to ask you, you know, what is the writing process within Crowbar? Do you come in with a riff or one of the other guys come in with riffs, more finished ideas, or do you just get in a room and kind of jam it out? Um, a little bit of all three. I mean, like I always tell people, I write, I write, I probably write more riffs than the other guys but it doesn't mean that you know it's like the stuff that they write is killer and it's very important a lot of times one of them will come up with an idea and I'll say I love it you know yeah. give, give me a minute and it, it'll kind of spark my uh, creative uh, juices so to speak you know and, I, and I, I'll take a I'll take that their riff and run with it you know I mean I'm definitely like being the lyricist and the singer and everything I'm definitely like more of the arranger of the songs yeah um, but as far as riff writing I mean like if you look at the credits on the, on the record um, it, it's uh, you know I, I mean of, of course I, I, I write the lyrics so I'm on them all but musically you know uh, it's me and, and Matt and Shane um, I even put Tommy as a songwriter on uh uh, track seven, it's always worth the game because of, of all the crazy drumming stuff. Yeah. He didn't write any riffs, but I told him, I said, dude, you know, without all the drum stuff he did on it, the song wouldn't be yeah. what it is. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a group collaboration thing, you know. I mean, certain songs, like I said, I might write most of it or whatever. And then, like, um, Con- Confess to Nothing, track three was Matt's, the, the first riff is Matt's. And I'm like, I, I love it, hold on. And I, I wrote the verse. To, like with his thing, you know, original riff. Yeah. It's like without, without the other guys. Like I said, sparking my creative juices. It's like you know, like I, I can hit a brick wall. I mean, I'm not. I don't write everything or anything. It's 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 a it's a collaboration. But when they come up with ideas, they're great ideas. You know, I might have more ideas or whatever. But you know, when they come up with shit, it's, it's always it's always great stuff. I want to ask you about Bleeding From Every Hole, and I want to ask you about the video, the concept, if you guys were involved with that, but that song's a little bit more up-tempo than, you know, a bunch of the rest of the record. It was very cool, too, uh, very cool tune, uh, but uh, also the video is fucking awesome, man. I love watching it, man. It's like a cult, like, horror movie type thing going on. Well 
Uh, Justin Wright did both of the videos. We did that one at a haunted house in um in the New Orleans, you know, New Orleans area right near where we live. Um, that was kind of all his concept, and we trust him. You know, yeah. he he had done originally. He did what he did on the last record. He did um uh shit. What was our fucking video? Um, he did the one off Serpent Only Lies over the track, and I can't think of the damn name of it. But he did he did that video. He did the Dream in Motion thing for my solo record. And, um, you know, we used him on these two, but they were like uh, bleeding from every old video. The whole thing was his concept, as was Chemical Gods, all the other footage, you know. So, um, but I mean, you know, I, I did both the videos, and, uh, it, you know, people seem to dig them, man. So the song's like, it's getting better. Like I said, people are, you know, first, well, number one, we feel better playing the new shit live because it's getting getting yeah. tighter, it's getting second nature where you don't have to think, overthink, oh my god, am I going to fuck it up or whatever, compared to like all I had I gave or playing as Collider or something that we right. played a million times. So, you know, I just think every night the new songs go, go down better, I see more people singing singing lyrics and whatnot, so uh, it's definitely working, man, you know, and that's, it's a good feeling. And the other video, Chemical Gods, you mentioned, that's another killer track. I really like towards the end the solo section, and it kind of gets melodic, and there's just some cool, just heavy, sludgy riffs. That's a really killer track. Can you tell me how that song came together? It's like really most most of the stuff on this record was built to be played live, so 
Yeah, and the last track I want to bring up is the, the Fear That Binds You. That is a fucking killer track, too. Just slow, sludgy, and again, the riffs. The riffs are just so nasty and dirty. You're just like, fuck yeah, dude. It's really nice. Congratulations on the killer new record. Um, as far as touring, you said you've got a European leg as long as the world's in a decent place. Um, do you come back and do a headlining tour after that? Um, we're, we're hoping to do. We have a festival in Austin in July that we'd like to do some uh, possibly a headlining tour. And I think we're going to try to really hit some smaller markets, things we've never hit, like you know, places like Corpus Christi and shit like that. that like, Crowbo's only played that one time, and that was probably, like, in 1993 or 4. Uh-huh. Uh, it just has a lot of... Because we're hitting every major city on this on this tour, so we really can. I mean, we, we've hit everything. So there's really uh, a lot of markets that we're wanting. You know, it may be too soon, even as a headliner, to try to come back and play a smaller video yeah. in that same, the same town. 
same markets. So uh, we need to be smart about it. But there's a lot of a lot of B markets, C markets, even that are smaller towns that have nice venues that don't get a lot of shows that are starting to. You know, the word on the street is that they're really starting to get a, a nice little following in some of these, these smaller towns. So I think we're going to try to build something around that Austin Festival, um, which I think that's July 22nd or something. It's like a whole metal festival? or It's, it's yeah, it's all, it's all, I think it's all metal, all metal bands. Um, I really don't know a whole lot how long it is. It's pretty crazy to doing a lot of integration with metal, rap, and like punk and stuff like that. I'm going to So What in Arlington, I think in May. It's got Parkway Drive and there's rap art. I don't know anything about rap. I'm a metal guy, so I have no clue. But right. they're trying to integrate all these different styles of music. So I don't know if you've been on any bills like that before. In Europe, some of the festivals, I mean, like we played a, a festival with Crowbar and I played it with Down called Roskilde. It's like 19 kilometers outside of Copenhagen, Denmark, and it's massive. It's huge, and uh, you know, Crowbar played it uh, one year, and then Down played it as well a few years after that. And like uh, when Down played, we were like backstage, and we were literally hanging out with uh, like the Hot Eight Brass Band from New who from New Orleans also. Oh wow! And it's a horn section, New Orleans Brass Band. But there was folk music, there was like Faith No More, I think was one of the headliners. I mean, there was every style of music from regular pop to extreme metal, black metal, death metal, um, you know, uh, funk, I mean, you name it. Just it's just a music festival, not, you know, because a lot of them, I mean, I mean when, you know, when the name of your festival is Hellfest, you know it's going to be a metal fest, yeah. it's all metal bands. But stuff like Roskilde um, is, is, is any type of music. Like I said, literally, you know, I, I saw this chick playing like Celtic stuff, and she was amazing. You know, yeah, I really enjoyed the show. But we, we all listen to all different styles of music. You can't just—I mean, metal's of course our go-to thing, but right. you can't—you gotta have an open mind. You know, you really do. I mean, to me, it makes—for me, it helps me be a much better songwriter to listen to different styles of shit. Because, oh yeah. You know, um, and then like one of the main things with Crowbar from, from the very very beginning of the band was we wanted to be. Was originality like we didn't care if you, we don't care if you love us or hate us, but we don't want to sound like anybody else. We want you to know when you hear it that we're crowbar. Yeah. So I think that helped. They listening, having a wide uh, spectrum to what type of stuff you listen to. To me, at least, in my opinion, it helps you become a better writer. You know, it's like as much as I love, uh, you know, to go watch a Cannibal Corpse show or something. You're not going to get a lot of melody uh, <laughs> no. a lot of course <laughs> right, uh, yeah, yeah. you know uh, vocals um, you know but if I listen to Day, well there's wonderful production and then there's uh, great songs and that singing melodies and shit so I mean I'll go in one day from old school classic rock stuff to, to really mellow stuff to anything man I just, I just like good music you know yeah, that's, that, that's what that's my thing is I love music if it's given and you know what kind I like good music great music yeah. I don't care what genre I mean there's certain genres that I don't think I don't find that I like as much like yeah. new country yeah, I'm not or uh, you know a lot of the hip hop I don't but there are hip hop songs that I like and artists that I like as well I don't I don't listen to them regularly but you know if it come, if I hear it I'm like oh that's a cool too you know you just gotta be open minded you really do in high school, I was the most closed-minded motherfucker. <laughs> I was in high school, <laughs> right? 
I was in high school when the whole new wave of British heavy metal thing was really coming into play, and I was just, you know, totally fucking metal. And it was like, you know, a lot of other, a lot of the other kids were, were punk because punk was me as well, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've definitely brought my uh, taste over the years, which is a positive thing. But, uh, well, it's funny because I grew up in the early '80s and stuff like that, and I remember liking Simple Minds, and I was so fucking embarrassed. It was like right. hiding the porn mag from my parents, exactly. but I was hiding Simple Minds from my friends so they wouldn't bust my balls too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I listen to this radio station at home that plays 80s pop, like MT, you know, they play like uh, split ends and all, yeah. that Simple Minds, all that kind of stuff, which, like, after coming home from uh, school every day or getting up in the morning and eating a bowl of cereal before you go to fucking school and watching MTV, you know, like seeing all these songs and you hear them all these years later, you realize they're really great yeah, songs. Yeah, it's great pop songs. You didn't want to like them, but you know you did because they were good. Right, right. So yeah, same thing here. I mean, I kept you know I didn't let a lot of friends know you know certain songs, but a lot of them I'd be like you know that that one um you know that one from English Beat or whatever. It's really got a great little chorus to it. Yeah, dude, I like that one too. You know, we yeah. talk about it a bit, but really, like when I would live back then, I didn't own records from any of those bands. But when I would listen. To an album, it was metal. You know, Last question, uh, just on tour. You guys have been doing it over thirty years. What's the craziest thing that has ever happened to you on tour? Um, I always say this, and it's the truth. There's no one thing in particular, but Dimebag was definitely involved. Uh-huh. Oh, you can't tell us. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no oh. nothing bad. Yeah, yeah. Nothing the wife couldn't even hear. It's just every day with him was, was crazy. So. Chances are, like, you know, 99% that the craziest shit was with him. Oh, gotcha. Because he did, he never had a dull moment. He was the kind of dude that he couldn't just sit there and be bored. He'd just make up a crazy game and, and get everybody involved and just yeah. take the camera and go do crazy shit. So, uh-huh. you know, hanging out with him was, you know, God, a dude I've been messing hanging out with him was the funniest, craziest shit. But I, like I tell my wife, I said all it was was dudes getting drunk and doing stupid shit, you know. Yeah. And, and it really was. It wasn't anything bad, you know, it's just it's crazy. Well, Kirk, before we let you go, is there anything you want to tell the fans out there? Yeah, just thanks for 30-something years of support. Um, you know, thanks to the fans who have come out on this tour to support us and, you know, keep uh, keep keep your eyes and ears open for uh, Crowbar Dates. We're trying to push it as, as hard as we can, as much, much you know, as many uh, shows as we can play. Well, Kirk, we want to thank you for coming on the Genghis and Ragman Show here on TheRightToRock.com. We want to tell all the fans to grab the brand new Crowbar record, Zero and Below, and check these guys out on tour. I'm excited to see them tonight for the first time. I'm a virgin, so I will... Take care of They're going to bust my cherry. But, uh, Kirk, thanks a lot, man. It's very cool meeting you and talking to you, man. You got it. Appreciate it. Thanks.
has been Genghis and Ragman, and you've been listening to the Right to Rock, Rock. podcast, and we appreciate you listening, and we want to give a big thank you to Tracy G., who is the third unofficial member of the group. We appreciate all of his work, especially the Broken Man song, which is the theme song to the Right to Rock podcast. And also, we're going to give high props to our boys in Sonic X, Adam and Joseph, have lent us 13 to finish the show so what you're listening to right now is 13 by Sonic X so check them out and keep checking us out and horns up. up